servants of God. True servants of God. As we're going through these few chapters of Luke, as we're looking at the, the Christmas birth of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, along the, the way, we're going to meet some wonderful characters. We're going to meet some bad characters. And we're all, everything's pointing towards the greatest character of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. But this morning, we're going to be looking at Zachariah, Elizabeth, and Mary. Three true servants of God. But I want to look at us this morning about where they're at, what their value is, and then finally, the third one is the greatest servant of all, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. But before we do that, I want to ask each and every one of us a question, just to think about this this morning. Don't just answer it straight away, but think about it. How are you today? And how do you feel about God today in the life that you're in? Because I know that some people here are going through rough times. I know there's some people here who have been through very, very, very tough times. I know some people are going through good times. But how do you feel about God today? How do you feel about him? And how do you feel about your life today? And the reason I'm asking that is because when we come to Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary, we're going to meet them where they're at. In the lives of where we find them. And the first point I want to look at this morning, there's three points we're going to look at. The first is to accept his will and know it. The second point is to know your value. And the third point is the greatest servant of all. But we begin to accept his will and to know it. But to learn about that, we need to look at Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and where we meet them with God. You know, first of all, in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 8, just listen to what it says here, where we meet Zachariah and Elizabeth. Just push that bit forward, because, you know, in the eyes. <laughs> right. In the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zachariah, who belonged to a priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. So when we come into this story today, we begin with Zachariah and we begin with Elizabeth. And we're told this straight away. These are good people. They are true servants of God. They love God. They really love him. And we're going to look at that a bit in a minute. But where are they at in their life? But where we find them at, they're very old. And they're childless. And you must remember this. You know, to see that, you think, yeah, well, there you go. But you've got to remember the culture that they live in. Because where they live, and the people that they live with, the one thing that every family in Israel wanted was a baby boy. And if you didn't have a baby, especially a baby boy, you were looked on in disgrace. Now, we learned that when we looked at Samson, didn't we? But we see that here. And we find, you know, in verse, I think it's 13, you know, this was Zachariah's and Elizabeth's prayer. They cried unto God. They asked God for a baby boy. Because that was the wish of the people of Israel. And the reason it was, it was because they were looking to the Messiah coming through. But, you know, but we find that they're old. We find that the childless, 
Now, we know as we read on that God has answered the prayer. He will deliver on their prayer. But at this point, he hasn't. So they're living a life of disappointment, really. They really are. Because to this point, their prayer hasn't been answered. And to all looking on, what they see is someone that God has overlooked. God has overlooked. But how do they react to their disappointment? Because remember this. Get hold of this. We're told that they're very old. So they, we don't know how long they've been married, but I'm sure it was a long time. They've been praying for this for a long, long time. And maybe this morning you're someone that's been praying for a long time, and you think God isn't answering. But let's just look how these people respond and react to their disappointment. Do they say, well, okay, forget it. God isn't answering my prayer, so why should I go on? Do they stop living for God? Well, in verse 6, just listen to what it says about these two people. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing the Lord's commands and degrees blamelessly. Do you know what they did in their disappointment? They served God with all their heart. When it says that word blamelessly, what it means is they gave their all to God. Even in their disappointment, they didn't just say, well, we give in because God doesn't seem to answer our prayer. He seems to have ignored us. No. They truly are servants of God. They live for him with all their heart, blamelessly. As we go on to this story, we see that, you know, Zachariah, even though he is disappointed, he's about God's business. He's in the temple, isn't he? He fulfills the duty that he's called to. Because you know why? Even though their prayer seems unanswered, even though they seem overlooked, and people who are looking about to say, God doesn't want to know them, they know that God loves them. They know. And they're serving the Lord with all their heart. But then we move on to Mary. Now we've just seen a couple who are in an old age. I've got a few couple of old ages here because I'm standing up here, <laughs> you know. But we also have younger people here. And Mary is in a young age. And I like this because you know what? God saves all people. Not just the old or the middle. He saves everyone. So don't switch off thinking, well, I'm younger. I don't really need God. Listen, God wants to save you as well. And I'll just listen to what it says in, about Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel of the Lord said to her, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. You know, let's just get over where Mary's at at the moment. She's only young. But you know what? She's got a life ahead of her. It's exciting. She's about to be married to a good man by the name of Joseph. Everything is set up. The plans are there. Everything's going well. Then all of a sudden, she gets a visit from the angel of God who tells her, you're going to be with child. She said, what do you mean? You know, this child is going to be the, the saviour of the world. How's that going to happen? The Holy Spirit will hover above you. 
And it goes on. But you know what? Get hold of this for a minute. Mary has her plans. Everything is set up. This marriage and everything is going to go well. Only to be told, you're going to be with a baby. Now, you know, when we look back at Zachariah and Elizabeth, because they didn't have a child, within the eyes of everybody else, they were in disgrace. They were in disgrace. But to Mary, who were to be married, all of a sudden, to be told, you will become an unmarried mother, she would be going into disgrace. How would you feel in that situation? When you've got your plans, and God just picks them up and says, wait there, I've got other plans for you. How would you feel about that this morning? And maybe you're someone this morning who, who has plans, and God has turned them upside down. And you think, well, wait there, Lord. But God says, ma'am, I know better. But how does Mary react to this situation? Well, in verse 38, just listen to what this lady says. I am a servant. Sorry, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Do you know what Mary does? She trusts the Lord with all her heart. You know, she doesn't worry that she could become an unmarried mother. She doesn't worry about the disgrace that goes with that. She doesn't worry that her marriage could be up, it could be gone. We know that God will sort that out. We know that when we read on. But at this situation, everything is at stake here. But what does she do? She trusts God with all her heart. And you know, it says there in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. She trusts God at his word. What an amazing truth statement that is this morning. Well, I bring it back to us this morning now. Where are we at this morning in the lives that we have? How do you feel about God today? Maybe you're going through a situation that you did not accept or did not understand. And you think, Lord, why? Why have you brought this upon me? You know, just like Zachariah and, and um, Elizabeth, I'm living for you. You know, why is this happening to me? Do we show the faith that Zachariah and Mary show and Elizabeth, that we live for God with all our heart, even when God disrupts our plans or doesn't answer the prayer as we may be asking for it. Now, you may be someone sitting there almost sitting here today and you can say, well, Paul, yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. I know I don't. I know some people are going through, but I don't. But I know this. God does. Jesus does. And Jesus never, never, never gets it wrong. But how do these people get through it? Because, you know, they're just ordinary people like you and me. They're just going about their daily lives like you and me. They're not special in the sense of they're not Jesus. They're not perfect. They're just normal people like you and me struggling along in life. Trying to live for God. But there's disappointment and there's disruption in within their lives. But we know that they react in the right way as a true servant of God does. But where's the key to that? Because it's easy to say, oh, that's the way to do it. 
But how do we do it? Where is the, the thing for us to get hold of to do that? Well, you know what? There's two things here to get hold of, to learn from, to accept and know God's will. Because that's what Mary, that's what Elizabeth, and that's what Zachariah do. They accept God's will that is set before them. And because they accept it, they get to know God's will in it. And let's just get hold of it and look at it a little bit deeper. And what's going to help us, what help then? You know, in verse 6, when it says this about Elizabeth and Zachariah, listen to what it says. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and degrees blamelessly. You've got to go a little bit deeper here to understand what it is, what they're doing. What they're doing is, they're looking to the promise that is set before them, Jesus Christ. That's what they're doing. When they're observing and going along and giving their whole heart looking towards God, it's for what they've heard, that one day the Messiah is coming, Jesus. And when he comes, he will put things right. And that's what they're looking to. Even in their disappointment and in their disruption, they don't look at that. They look to the promise that has come, and that is Jesus Christ. And there is the first lesson for us this morning. To each and every one of us in the lives that we have. You may be disappointed this morning. It may be with your work. It may be with your family. It may be your prayers doesn't seem to be answered. But you know what? Get your eyes back on Jesus. Because he's the one that's going to put everything right. That's what Mary, Elizabeth, and Zachariah do. They get their eyes on Christ. You now we're told, turn your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of this world will go dim. This is the reason the true servants in God, and they can go on in this difficult situation that they face, because first and foremost, they've got their eyes on Christ. They know that the Messiah is coming. And when he does come, Everything will be all right. It won't matter, the disappointment. It won't matter, disruption. Because when the Lord comes, everything will be all right. And this morning, whatever your situation is, get your eyes on Christ. Because he will put it right. It may be difficult, it may be hard, and maybe sometimes you don't understand it. But he will put it right. But secondly, they accept his will. And when you accept God's will... And what I mean by that, because some say, what is God's will? What is God's will? Well, let me tell you what God's will is. It's where you're found today in life. In your job, with your family, with your church, whatever the situation is you're in, that's where God wants you to be. And he's saying, save me in it. Accept me in it. And when you do, you'll know my will. And do you know what I mean by know your will, what it is? Do you just think of Zachariah and you think of Elizabeth? For the long time, they had to go by serving God blamelessly when it seemed that their prayer was unanswered, when it seemed that they were in disgrace. God was with them. He was with them. They learned how to serve God in their disappointments. That's what God wants us to do. He doesn't just say, listen, I want you to save me when things are going well. I want you to know how good I am in every situation in life. Because let's get over to this this morning. Zachariah, Elizabeth, and Mary, 
the children of God. And if you're a child of God this, this morning, don't expect life to be easy. God doesn't promise an easy life. But what he does promise is that Jesus is there and he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we're to be content that he is our helper in every situation. We will get to know God through that. So, you know, where are you this morning? Now, in Thessalonians 5, verse 18, we're told this. We're to rejoice evermore. Zachariah and his wife and Mary, they rejoiced in the difficult situations because, you know, they knew Jesus. Secondly, we're told to keep praying. You know, keep praying in your situation. And then thirdly, we're told to give thanks. You know why we're told to give thanks? Because this is the will of God concerning Christ Jesus to you. That's what we learn from these two people. That was the will of God for them concerning Christ Jesus. But this morning in the life that you have, God's will through Christ Jesus is where you're found today. But are we going to be like Zachariah and our two, you know, Elizabeth and Mary? that we're willing to live for God with all our heart blamelessly in every situation and to trust him with all our heart. So, you know, that is the first point. Quite challenging, really, isn't it? In the life that we live. Because I know there's people in this place who are going through difficult times. It's easy for me to stand up and say these things because my life's in a good place at the moment. But at the same time, we are where we are for God and he calls us to Jesus, to serve him with all our heart and to trust him in all things to get to know him in that situation. But you know, the second point is to know your value. And I really, really love this point because I feel at times when I'm preaching, I'm always challenging. I don't want to challenge you all the time. I want to, I want to give you something really good. <laughs> that is really good. That was really good, the first part. to get you. But the second part, to know your value. You know, this morning, as you sit here today, listen, each and every one of us are blessed this morning. We're found in God's house. We're found around his word. Isn't that special this morning? You know, not there's loads of people out there that aren't, but this morning, we are found in God's house. And we're found around his word. But if you know Jesus this morning, you know, in God's eyes, you're so valuable. You really, really are. And I want these next five minutes to just to let this wash over you. Because you may be in a difficult situation at the moment. Now, if you're not a Christian, well, get hold of this because you can have this. But just listen to what the angel says to Mary. And then let's look a little bit of Elizabeth and Zachariah. The first thing he says to Mary is, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to, to Nazareth, to Tyre, Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. A descendant of David, the virgin's name is Mary. And the angel said to her, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. Do you understand this morning that to God, you are highly favoured? You're special. God loves you. And he loves you so much. You know, it goes on to say further on, you are in favour with God. If you belong to God this morning, think about this for a minute. You are highly favoured. Sometimes we read this and we just read across it. 
Now he's speaking to Mary, yeah. But when he says these things, this is for me and you as well this morning. You are highly favoured. Is that not special this morning? That God, we have found favour with God. You know, we're highly favoured. And you may say this morning, but wait there, that, that's not for me, that's for, that's for Mary. Listen, as we look at this book of Luke, and it begins, it's all about the greatest servants of all that we're going to look about in a minute, Jesus Christ. He was sent into this world to save sinners like you and me. That's why you're highly favoured. God gave his very, very best up so we can become part of his family. That's how highly favoured you are this morning. So whatever situation you're in this morning, remember this. In God's eyes, you're valuable. He favours you. He favours you. You are highly favoured. You mean so much to him. You're not just another person going along. You mean everything to him. You're so highly favoured, he was willing to give his very son up so you could become a son and daughter to God. Let that wash over you today. Think about that today. In the lives that you have, in the troubles that you have, in the problems that you have, you are highly favoured because of Jesus. You really are. And then secondly, in verse 28, just listen to what he says to Mary here. In verse 28, the Lord is with you. How good is that this morning? That's how valuable you are today and how valuable I am. The Lord is with us. And don't forget, remember this in Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter what the situation is. If God is for us, who can be against us? Because, you know, sometimes when you are in a situation and it's hard, you don't feel loved. You don't feel valuable. But the angel saying to Mary, it is going to be tough. But you're highly favoured. And the Lord is with you. And he's saying the same thing to us this morning in the lives that we have. The Lord is with you. And do you know what I love about that? If God is with us, he's going to see us through. He doesn't desert. We're in his hands. And once we're in his hands, he never, never, never lets go. Because the Lord is with us. But I want to finish off with this final one. And um, at the end of, it's Luke, Luke 1, verse 25, which is Zechariah and Elizabeth. Just listen to what Elizabeth says. The Lord has done this for me, she said. Because he didn't just do it for her, he did it for Zechariah as well, my dad. <laughs> but the Lord has done this for me, she said. In the days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. What a wonderful picture this is. This is how valuable you are to God this morning. Just listen to this for a minute. This is how valuable you are to God this morning. Because each and every one of us this morning are sinners. God says our very works are like dirty rags. We're a disgrace. But you know what? Because we're valuable to God, he sent his son Jesus to come into this world to pay the price that we can never pay. To take that disgrace away and to bring us into his glory. Why? Because you're valuable to him. He wants to buy you back. And if you're someone who's Jesus today, you should be buzzing over that today. You should be absolutely buzzing 
Whatever your situation is, you were so valuable to him, he took your disgrace away. And we'll take that bread and wine in a minute. Think about that. You think of your disgrace to sin. Every day I get up, every morning, and within an hour, I've let my God down. That's a disgrace in me. But you know what? My God, my Savior, my righteousness has taken that away. And that's what I mean this morning, how valuable you are to God. You know, this lady, she realizes what the Lord has done for her. Listen, she says, he's shown favor, he's taken my disgrace away. She is thankful. She understands what God has done for her through Jesus Christ. And this morning, do you realize how valuable you are? That the Lord has taken your disgrace away. And maybe this morning, maybe you're not a Christian this morning. Maybe you're here today and you still don't know Jesus Christ. But you want to be God's. You want that disgrace away. Maybe you're trying your best to get rid of it. But let me tell you this, you can't. You can only accept the gift that God is through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you could take it away, then Jesus wouldn't have had to have died on the cross, would he? You can only accept the true gift of God. And when you accept it, you know, just like Elizabeth here, then you can be joyful knowing how valuable you are to God that he has done that mighty, mighty work upon your life. What a God we have. What a God we have. But to finish off, the greatest servant of all. Now in this chapter, we're looking at two servants of Mary, Elizabeth, Zachariah. We see the angel Gabriel. But you know, in verse um, 29 to 32, just listen to what it says here. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greetings this might be. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you call his name Jesus. He will be great. Let's just get hold of this for a minute. Jesus will be great. Jesus is great. Why? I'll tell you why. Because he truly was the servant of all. You know, Jesus was the one who had it all. He had his home in heaven. He had his place with God. He had it all. We, we were condemned. We had nothing. You know, we couldn't get into heaven. All we had ahead of us was disaster and doom. But Jesus, being the great servant that he is, being the true Messiah that he is, he accepts the Father's will. He comes into this world. He's born in a smelly barn, even though he's the king of kings. When he grows up, he's a man with no harm. He's homeless, even though he's the king of kings. He lives the life that means you can't live. He's sinless. He goes about doing good to everyone. We'll find that out as we look through this wonderful book of Luke. And what does he get for the end of it? He has to go to a cross. Before he goes to the cross, though, first, he's whipped. He's battered. He's bruised. He's punched at. He's spat at. He's laughed at. And after all that, he goes to this cross to die the most cruel death of all. And you know what? He never, never, never moans once. Why? 
Because Jesus truly is the greatest servant of all. Because there's two reasons why he does it. Firstly, he does it for the glory of the Father. For the glory of the Father God. Because when you look at the cross, that is when you see the love of God. That's when you see God's love. But secondly, he does it for me and you this morning. That's how valuable we are. The greatest servant just literally laid down his life. You know, we're told in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, he gave up his riches. He became the poorest person ever. So we could enter to the riches of God. So I say this morning, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, why would you not accept that? The greatest gift of all. To have the greatest servant in your life. But if you are a Christian this morning, and you do feel disappointed, you feel disrupted, you feel like the Lord doesn't answer your prayer, get your eyes on Jesus. The one who gave it all up for you and me. We have the best. And you know what? Do you know when Zachariah and Mary and Elizabeth, they were looking to the promise of the Messiah coming? Well, then we're looking to our God to come back, to take us to be with him. What a God we have. What a saviour we have. But I'll ask you one more time. Where are you today in your life? Are you sad? Are you disappointed? Have some of your dreams not come true? But get back to remember this. The greatest dream of all come true. That Jesus unlocked the gates of heaven and let us in. And he's with us, helping us daily. If only we'll get our eyes upon Jesus. Amen.